1: Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you once again on another episode of Vitality Radio. It is episode 4 today of the Vital 5 that I've decided to deliver episode after episode over the last few weeks. Pretty excited about this actually. Uh, You know for years on Vitality Radio 10 years to be exact, I've been talking about the critical elements that I, as I see them in terms of nutrition, what you need to have, what you should consider using as a supplement, what you can get in your diet, what you want to avoid in your diet, and so on and so forth. And I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, I came up with this Vital 5 concept. And the Vital 5 concept basically being that there are five categories we'll say of supplements that I think pretty much everybody or at least every adult in America can benefit from. And those five a good multivitamin I discussed a few weeks ago what constitutes a good multivitamin omega-3 fatty acids which will actually be the fifth of the vital five shows probiotics, digestive enzymes and minerals specifically magnesium now today is probiotics we're going to tackle that topic and i'll tell you i thought about saving it for last because it's pretty complex there's a lot to know but man it's important stuff and uh, it just felt like the right time to do this one so we're doing probiotics today i'm going to go into some details And I I actually really like my friend, Kieran Krishnan, who I'll be quoting a bit during the show today, a microbiologist who probably has taught me more about probiotics than anybody else. In fact, I take that back. He has taught me more about probiotics than anybody else ever has and has been more useful to me in helping my clients at Vitality Nutrition than anybody I've ever met. And that is because he has helped me really immerse myself in the education I needed to really understand probiotics and one of the things uh, he has a video on YouTube and I highly recommend watching it It says uh, forget everything you know about probiotics and boy there's a lot of truth to that so if you think you know your probiotics if you think you know your strains your bifidus from your lactobacillus if you think you know your refrigerated from your shelf stable your billions versus millions versus tens of billions, whatever it is, stay tuned. I'm going to shed some light on some things that you probably don't already know. If you don't think you have a clue what's going on with probiotics, like you've heard of them and you think you might benefit from them, but you don't know where to start, stay tuned. I'm going to help you there. And if you just think that probiotics are useful for a few weeks after an antibiotic, think again, there's some real deep and powerful benefit to probiotics that goes way beyond what you may have ever thought. And I'll tell you, maybe my favorite thing to answer is the question about probiotics when people come into Vitality Nutrition. And I just love educating on it because to me, it's this fascinating topic. And ever since, I really learned the difference between the different types of probiotics that are out there, including the ones that I sell at Vitality Nutrition, I recognized just how vital this was for people, but also I started to see just how beneficial these things were. Now, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in at Vitality Nutrition, <laughs> basically. Um, back then it was called Nutrition Shop. It was in the old five points mall if you're a bountiful I a South Davis County person. When I was a kid growing up, I remember there there wasn't a word that I was aware of probiotics. That didn't even mean anything. When I first heard the word, I didn't even quite know what it meant. I could kind of extrapolate from, you know, what the the two words together, pro and biotics were, and I could think antibiotics, right? And to some degree, that's that kind of actually makes sense, but We used to call it acidophilus. Why do we call it acidophilus? Because back in those days, there was one strain of bacteria being used, and it was lactobacillus acidophilus. And that one strain was what people used. We used it in a liquid form. I remember it tasted kind of like really tart strawberry yogurt, real thin tart strawberry yogurt. It wasn't delicious, but it was good stuff. And I remember if one of the kids... Me included, ever had diarrhea or some upset stomach or whatever. Mom was shoving that stuff down our throats by the tablespoon. Well, the research has come a long ways. The product variety has come a long ways. We've now discovered that there are a ton of different strains of probiotics that are critical to human nutrition. And and when I say a ton... That might sound like an exaggeration. That's 2,000 pounds is a ton, right? But we know that there are probably a couple thousand species of bacteria that can potentially reside in the human digestive tract. Another thing that's really interesting about this whole probiotic thing that I learned that I thought was fascinating is that, you know, in terms of genes, we have about 20,000 genes in the human body but we have literally 100 times that in bacterial genes uh, having to do with our probiotic uh, bacteria, the microbiome that we have. So we're actually more bacteria than we are human. It's about 60-40 in terms of actual weight, uh, but in terms of genes, it's to 101. It's, it's dramatic. And if you have an identical set of twins... They are genetically, uh, in terms of cellular genetics, they are identical. But they are not bacterially identical. And the longer they live and the different exposures they have, the more bacterially diverse they will become. But it is believed now that the bacteria is what actually dictates the difference in personality between identical twins because it can't be genetics because that stuff's the same. Kind of fascinating stuff. So anyway, there's kind of your primer on the whole probiotic thing. But I need to do something, and that is just to get a little bit of something off my chest today, we're gonna do that by jumping right into the morning rant. (laughs)
0: In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant.
1: All right, so the morning rant, well, of course. I wanted to line this up with the topic of the day, and that's a pretty easy one. When we talk about probiotics, it's pretty easy to talk about the counter to probiotics, which would be antibiotics. There's some interesting stuff, very interesting stuff with antibiotics that you may not know. And I'm going to take a little bit different approach than what I typically have done. I've talked about this on Vitality Radio, but not quite in this way. And uh, there's a couple of new studies that have come out, one that was just released in October of last year. can't believe we're in 2019. But anyway, and this uh, study was very interesting because it really shed the light on what, well, let's see. How do I, I'm going to go backwards a little bit here. Doctors and I don't always agree on things. If you listen to Vitality Radio on any kind of regular basis, you'll know that. One thing we don't agree on is how antibiotics are prescribed. In fact, I tend to agree more with the Centers for Disease Control, another group of people I don't agree with very often, when they say that we're way over prescribing these things. In fact, they say that antibiotics are being prescribed correctly maybe 65% of the time and incorrectly 35% of the time. Now, I'm not even sure if that's accurate, based on some of the research I'm seeing. But regardless, if the CDC is saying that, you know, it's like your kid uh, comes in and says, "Hey, Dad, I, uh, yeah, I made kind of a mess," and uh, you know, he's going to downplay that the level of the mess, right? And 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 when you go in to look at the mess, you're going to think, "Well, it's you know, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe there's some grape juice on the carpet or something like that." And then you walk into the next room and the entire carpet's purple, right? So we're always downplaying these things that make ourselves look bad and trying to sugarcoat it maybe a little bit. I wonder if the CDC is doing the same thing when they say only only a third of antibiotic prescriptions are bad prescriptions. But uh, I tend to side on uh, the side of the patient, as opposed to the doctor here, because, well, the patient's the one that's, that's uh, supposed to be getting the education from the doctor, I guess. I mean, that's sort of how it's set up on what they might need. And, of course, I do Vitality Radio for the express purpose of helping to spread some education out there that maybe you won't hear from your doctor. But I'm going to come after you, the patient, if you're one of these people, that falls into the category that we're going to talk about here next. So there was an article that was written uh, by Megan Knowles. And uh, the question is, are physicians over-prescribing antibiotics to get higher ratings from patients? Now, you might be out there using Yelp or Google, or maybe you're uh, jumping online. And I mean, I'll tell you, I'm a review person, big time. Like one of the greatest things about the Internet ever is that you get to listen to, like, real people tell you how they really think about something instead of a critic or whatever else. And one of the things I love to use when you go to a movie, I like to use Rotten Tomatoes. But I pay far more attention to the tomatoometer of the viewers versus the critics because my experience with critics is they don't agree with me a lot on what a good movie is. <laughs> but generally speaking, if... It gets 80 or 90% user uh, approval, probably a good movie in my book, more often than not. And if I'm looking at a restaurant, you know, I mean a restaurant can look really good from the outside and be really cruddy on the inside. And more often than not, if I get some good reviews and read a little bit of that first before I go to a new restaurant, I end up with a great place. In fact, I like to leave a lot of reviews for, for different places and try and help them boost up their stuff. Uh, And I welcome reviews for Vitality Nutrition. I think this online review thing is awesome. And now you can use it for maybe the most important thing you could possibly ever use it for, doctors, hospitals, uh, nursing homes, you you name it. And that, to me, is powerful because instead of just, you know, putting your finger on the marking in your little Obamacare healthcare booklet and saying, well, this guy's covered or this lady's covered for this particular thing. Now you can look at that person and see if they're worth their salt based on other uh, patients. Well, doctors have become aware of this apparently, and now they want to get those good ratings. So listen to this. Patients said they were most satisfied with their physician's visit when they received an antibiotic for a respiratory tract infection, Whether they needed the drug or not, a study published in the Journal of American Medicine found, now that's the big journal in America, okay, this is coming from the Medical Association. The researchers looked at more than 8,000 appointments for these infections through a national telemedicine provider. Patients' ratings of their appointments contributed to their physician's overall patient satisfaction scores. Concern about satisfaction scores could be leading physicians to prescribe antibiotics, study author Catherine Martinez, a PhD, told the NPR. It is very problematic because it creates an incentive for physicians to do things that are not medically necessary in order to drive up their satisfaction ratings, Dr. Martinez said. Most telemedicine patients in the study, 66%, received antibiotics for respiratory tract infections. A rate Dr. Martinez said is far too high since conditions like the common cold rarely need antibiotics. Physicians visit reviews were significantly higher if patients got a prescription particularly those for an antibiotic. Now listen to these numbers because this is compelling and it's very telling I think. In a rating out of five stars 72% of patients gave five star ratings after visits with no prescription. 86% 14% 14% more gave five stars when they received a prescription for something other than an antibiotic, and 90% gave five stars when they got a prescription for an antibiotic. The research team said it may help to exclude reviews from respiratory tract infection appointments for, from physicians' overall satisfaction ratings. <sighs> Maybe, okay, that's fine. But how about we look at the two sides of this coin, According to Dr. Martinez, the incentive is too great to prescribe antibiotics during these visits. So, side one, you are the doctor. You get to choose, and you need to do the right thing by your patient. And that is, don't prescribe an antibiotic when it's not needed, because it's not just for the patient's good, it's for the greater good, because we're growing things that will kill us. Things like MRSA and C. diff and things like this that are man-made diseases, basically, from the overuse of antibiotics, um, mutations that have, t- that have taken shape that are antibiotic-resistant that kill a lot of people in this country. So you got to do the right thing, and then there's that one thing, what would they call that oath, the Hippocratic Oath, that's the one. The Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. Well, we're doing harm if we're giving antibiotics when they're not needed. So the doctor still has to take responsibility. However, I'm going to flip the script a little bit, And say, what about you, the patient? Are you really going in demanding an antibiotic even when there's not one necessary? And are you really rewarding the doctor for giving you one by giving him or her a five-star review? Because if that's what's happening, that's ridiculous. It's, It's absolutely ridiculous. You're actually creating... an incentive for the doctor to give you something you don't need that will be harmful for your health. This is not why we go to the doctor, people. And yet, here we are doing it, 90% gave five-star reviews when they got a prescription for an antibiotic versus only 72% of patients who gave five-star reviews after visiting and and, and, and receiving no prescription. So a successful doctor's visit is I got a prescription. woohoo, And it's a prescription for an antibiotic. Yay. That is the biggest load of garbage I've heard since the last rant I did. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, sometimes I wonder. This is so bad. This is so bad. Let's go on because, unfortunately, it gets worse. There was research funded by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, the AHRQ. We looked at all outpatient antibiotic prescribing and results suggest the misuse of these drugs is a huge problem no matter the symptom, said Dr. Jeremy or sorry, Jeffrey Linder, lead author of the study and chief of the Division of General Internal Medicine and Geriatrics at Northwestern University. We found that nearly half the time, clinicians have either a bad reason for prescribing antibiotics or don't provide a reason at all. When you consider about 80% of antibiotics are prescribed on an outpatient basis, this is a concern. Despite 40 years of randomized, controlled trials showing antibiotics don't help for most coughs and sinus infections, many people are convinced that they will not get better without an antibiotic and specifically call the doctor requesting one, said Dr. Linder. At busy clinics, and this is the part I want to emphasize here, at busy clinics, sadly, the most effective and efficient thing to do is to just call in an antibiotic prescription. We need to dig into the data more, but we believe there's a lot of antibiotic prescribing for colds, the flu, and nonspecific symptoms such as just not feeling well, none of which are helped by antibiotics. And I would dare say that not feeling well is harmed by antibiotics because the best way to not feel well consistently is to keep using antibiotics. But I love this. It's... it seems constant. You know, last week, if you were with me, I talked about the uh, lack of a need for an annual physical and some of the ridiculous statements that were made by doctors in that article. That just, I want to say they blew my mind, but I've grown to expect some of this stuff. But here, Dr. Linder, who's very concerned about all this, says at busy clinics, Sadly, the most efficient thing to do is just call in the antibiotic prescription. If any doctor is calling in an antibiotic prescription simply because it's efficient and the clinic is busy that day, that is a horrible doctor. Horrible. I mean, I work at a health food store. We sell vitamins, minerals, herbs, things you put in your body that potentially will help you and in some cases could harm you if used incorrectly, right? When I'm really busy, I don't just sell something to get somebody out of my face. I take the time to listen to the person. Sometimes I even ask them to come back or get their number and call them later to go into more detail because it is important that they actually know what they're doing with the supplement that they buy. But it's far more important, I would say, just because of the higher level of potential harm in a busy clinic, for a doctor to not allow busyness to be the motivation to prescribe something. So I really, I, I want Dr. Linder to be wrong. I think Dr. Linder is likely right. Because we know from many studies that have now been done, depending on which one you look at, that somewhere between a third and in as many cases as many as 65 to 70% of antibiotic prescriptions in this country are bad prescriptions. They're prescribed for no good reason to fight off viral infections and things like that. In fact, the research on sinus and ear infections is about 80% of those infections are viral, maybe as much as 85% or fungal, and an antibiotic won't kill them, and yet, more often than not, about 70% of the time they're receiving prescriptions for antibiotics bad medicine just like bon Jovi used to say okay so i'm going to cut to a break when i come back we're going to talk about the flip side of all this antibiotic stuff we're going to talk about why pro what probiotics are a little bit we're going to talk about why i believe they belong in the vital 5 Something everybody can benefit from. How I use them myself and and why. And I'm going to explain to you in very, I think, eye-opening terms what's really going on in there, in the gut, and uh, why probiotics are so important and why the vast majority of probiotics, even the ones sold in health food stores, aren't going to do you that much good long-term. But there are some that are absolute game changers, and we're going to talk about that as well. That's next. When we come back, you're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Vitality Nutrition has been serving Utah for over 40 years and Vitality Radio listeners for over a decade. Now, we are here to serve you, the Vitality Radio podcast listener. If you have questions about what you have heard on the podcast, give us a call at 801-292-292. Sixty-six sixty-two. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email at info at com. We will give you the same great service we have been supplying for years to our local audience. At Vitality Nutrition, we do it old school. We like to talk to you and answer your health questions one-on-one. So call us 801-292-6662. That's 801 292 6662, or email us at info at vitalityradiopod.com. All righty, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. Now, we're talking about the Vital Five. The Vital Five, the five categories of things, supplements, I should say specifically. That I believe everybody who is an adult in America would probably benefit from taking at least occasionally and generally on a regular basis. And we're on episode four. Okay, so we went through the rant about this whole antibiotic thing. And now we're going to talk about probiotics. And probiotics easily, it's not even close, of the vital five, easily the most confusing. I would say the most misunderstood And the one that I get the most people looking at me in the eyes at Vitality Nutrition, saying, "I have no idea what to do here (laughs) with probiotics." It's a very complicated category, and it's growing like crazy. And there's a lot of reasons, you know. I mean, for one thing, it's all Greek to me, literally. Uh, You know, lactobacillus acidophilus, um, Saccharomyces boulardii. Uh, bacillus coagulans. These are some pretty crazy names. It's hard to keep track of them. It's hard to pronounce any of them. And then to even know what the heck they all do or why you would want one versus another. And now we get into all these specific things. There's probiotics for women and there's probiotics for men and there's probiotics for children and there's probiotics for infants and there's liquids and there's powders and there's capsules and there's enteric coated capsules and so on and so forth. There's shelf stable probiotics and there's non-shelf stable that have to be refrigerated and there's billions billions of strains uh or of uh, sorry bacteria in a capsule now in fact sometimes as much as what i've seen 200 billion now it's pretty crazy and then you think well it's a potency game like it's like vitamin c you get a thousand milligrams of vitamin c a thousand milligrams of vitamin c is better than 500 milligrams of vitamin c well it's got to be the same with probiotics Maybe not quite. So we're gonna get into that, but first we're gonna talk about, we're gonna kinda of, kind of do this in a structured way. Um, why do we actually need them? Okay, so now I'm not saying what do they do in the body. We're actually gonna to get to that towards the end. But why do we need to supplement them? Why are they part of the vital five? Because these are things that we're born with, right? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of reasons, but let's start with how you were born. And what happened right after you were born. Because at about two and a half years old, our microbiome is formed. We, we pretty much have everything we're going to have as an adult at about two and a half years old. And when I say microbiome, I'm talking about the bacteria in the body and on the body that protects us from all kinds of things. And dictates our mood and all kinds of other things. It's a big, big deal. Remember, we're more bacteria than we are human. Like, literally. That's pretty weird when you think about it, but it's true. And genetically, we're like 100 to 1 bacteria. And by weight on a scale, we're uh, we're about uh, 60-40. 60% 60 bacteria, 40% cells. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So we know they're important. We're learning how important and why they're so important right now. But why do we need to be cautious about thinking that maybe we're just okay in that department and not fortifying our system. And now I'm going to tell you why. So, first off, I was a C-section baby. And then my mother, who cared very much about me, uh, breastfed me for over two years. That's pretty awesome because the two places that we get all the good stuff, in fact, six to 800 different species in human breast milk, Are the milk and the birth canal. Well, the birth canal I didn't take part in, and that's a big deal. So I kind of came into the world about 50 50, about half of the goodness that mom could give me at birth I had, and the other half I didn't have, and that's big. We know that C section babies have a higher incidence of allergies, they have a higher incidence of asthma, they have a higher incidence of uh, skin conditions like. Uh, eczema and psoriasis, a lot of stuff happens when you don't go through that birth canal. That's a big deal. Breastfeeding is awesome, and for a thousand reasons it's awesome, but it doesn't make up for what happened or didn't happen at the birth canal. And so what I'm saying is, if you didn't get breastfed for at least 15 months, or you didn't get born uh naturally through the birth canal and you were a c-section you're up for a little bit of a challenge getting that microbiome up in fact i'd say a a great challenge what if you're exposed to antibiotics as a kid uh strap ear infections you know sinus infections whatever it is they give you antibiotics more than one especially Ooh, it's not good most of the people i talk to and this is total you know anecdotal stuff here but it just is what it is. The vast majority of people I talk to that get chronic infections uh, that uh, have autoimmune issues, they had one or more of those issues as a kid, and they did never recover, is, is my opinion. So it's a big, big deal there. So if you're in that category, you weren't born vaginally, you weren't breastfed for at least... 15 months, or one or the other, and you were exposed to antibiotics during the first couple of years of life, all of those are big, 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 big things. Antibiotics later in life, also a big thing for sure, but those first couple of years in particular. Um, But what else? What if you're like me, breastfed for over two years, you know, born through a C-section, but never given an antibiotic as a kid, nothing close. And the first antibiotic I ever had was in an adult, as an adult, and it wasn't that long ago. I've only ever had one in my life. So do I need probiotics? Well, that's an interesting question. I I think the answer is yes, and this is why I believe that, and this is why I do it, because We now live in an environment where we're under such high amounts of stress from other areas, including just plain stress. Stress is huge on the human gut and it does harm the microbiome. But glyphosate, have you ever heard of it? Maybe not, you've heard of Roundup. Well, Roundup and Roundup Ready crops, genetically modified crops are, we're being dumped on literally in America by the megaton. And that is an interesting thing because Monsanto, who developed the stuff in the first place, the FDA, who says it's safe, even though many countries are banning it right now, and even though the World Health Organization says that it causes cancer. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a little bit of controversy there now, isn't there? But the interesting thing about glyphosate or Roundup is that they've always said, well, it's safe for humans. Well, how is it safe for humans? If it, if it kills, if it's an aside, it kills living things like plants, why would it be uh, harmful to humans? Well, it's because humans don't have a shikimate system, a shikimate pathway like plants do. And plants uh, have this shikimate pathway, and that's what Roundup disturbs and disrupts and then eventually kills because of that. It's pretty awesome because if humans don't have that, it's not a big deal. But guess what? Ah, darn it. Remember what I said about us being less human and more bacteria? Yeah, human cells don't have a shikimate pathway, but our bacteria does. Our microbiome does. And so we know, like we definitely know, it's clinically proven that glyphosate disrupts that pathway and that disrupts and kills good bacteria in the human system and you can't avoid it. It's everywhere. You can do your best, you can avoid a lot of it by eating organic, non-GMO and so on and so forth, but you ain't getting rid of it. And so we're bathing in this stuff on a regular basis. And then we talked about the overprescription of antibiotics and what the CDC says, at least a third are um, unnecessary, but it's probably more like half or maybe even more. How about it, the estimate that 70% of antibiotics produced in America are used in animals, in animal feed? And that's true. And those animals, we eventually eat. So again, we can avoid a lot of this stuff, right? Because if we don't take antibiotics and we find alternatives that work as well or better, that that's good. If we don't eat... Um, factory farmed animals, and we eat, uh, you know, local ranches and things like that, or we find organic, uh, or we at least find chicken or beef that says it's not raised with the use of antibiotics, great, that's awesome, those are all really, really positive things, and all of that is very useful, but what if we uh, still live in a world that's just really, really dirty, and we still have a lot of stress, and we still have Um, these uh, these other things that we can't totally get away from. Or what if we're on other prescription drugs? Now that's an interesting question because this new study that just came out last year shows that about 25 percent of non-antibiotic drugs disrupt the human microbiome and cause bacteria either to die or to grow more slowly. So this is all starting to add up to a picture that I think is pretty clear. We all, at least at some point, need to boost up the good bacteria in our gut. So, what do you need to know in order to make that happen correctly to get the right bacteria in your gut to use a supplement that actually works? What do you need to know about that? That's what I'm gonna talk about when we come back, and uh, I'm gonna go through it in very clear detail what, why I believe that specific probiotics work better than anything else, can really literally change your microbiome in a very permanent way, and I'm going to explain why that matters and what type of health benefits you might see. That's what's coming up when we come back. You're listening to me, my name's Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy Refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of Me Too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label, but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason, to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. Insurgent's pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a megadose of stimulants. Insurgent's pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the Insurgents. For more information about Insurgents pre-workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Probiotics. So now I said uh, we're going to talk about the, you know, the the ins and outs, I guess, really, of how of uh, how you can decide what type of probiotic to use, why that matters, and so on. First off, is it enough to go on an antibiotic, come off an antibiotic, and eat yogurt every day for a week and get yourself? Back where you need to be. There are people that believe that that's all you need to do. There are doctors that make that recommendation, and there is absolutely no truth in any of that. For one thing, they've done studies now, very good studies, and good yogurt. The top uh, yogurts in both Greek yogurt and uh, non-Greek yogurt have been proven to have zero survivability down into the gut of the good bacteria. And so while there is living bacteria in the yogurt, uh, by the time it gets into the intestinal tract and down towards the colon, it is wiped out. So it won't do the job. But even if it did, we now know that seven days on amoxicillin, seven days on amoxicillin without probiotics takes at least two years to recover from what's wiped out in seven days. So imagine that you've done a 10-day run or you've done maybe two or three or you've done a pack and a 10-day amoxicillin, and then you've done this, or you've done that. Yeah, that's a lot of damage. It's very, very interesting because even at 20 billion units of good bacteria daily, a very unique bacterial formula, takes six months to recover from seven days on amoxicillin. So there's a bunch of different studies that show a lot of different things, but the biggest thing that you need to know is that you don't just get back there on your own very easily and a week's worth of yogurt ain't going to cut it. So those are the first things you need to know. Now, most probiotics are human strain. What does that mean? That means they're the kind of bacteria that's naturally native to the human digestive system. And that's great. So if you're picking up a probiotic supplement, I don't care where it is, Walgreens or Vitality or anywhere else, 95-plus percent of them are, and in fact, I'd probably say probably more like 99%, are human strain probiotics. That's great, kind of. Those are the things that reside in the human gut, that you ought to have in the human gut. They're important to be there, and they need to be there. But just because that's what you have in the gut doesn't mean that getting them in a capsule form will actually improve anything on the long term. For years at Vitality, I've wondered why I give probiotics to people who have, I don't know, gas or bloating, constipation, diarrhea, irritable bowel, you name it, and they they feel better on a probiotic. Um, And a few things will happen. They'll feel better, they're making progress, and they're like, wow, this is great. And they go off of the probiotic and very quickly the symptoms all come back. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense because the good bacteria that's in the gut is bacteria. It's a living, breathing group of organisms that grow, uh, theoretically anyway, if we're giving them bacteria, they're going to grow faster and faster. We're, we're, we're colonizing, right? We're making this stuff grow. And once it gets to a certain point and it's all the way grown, so to speak, it's all there, well, the symptoms ought to go away permanently or at least until the next antibiotic or stressor in the gut or whatever comes along right makes sense but that doesn't seem to happen and then I also would have people that would take probiotics and they'd feel better and things are good for I don't know three months five months six months a year and then all of a sudden on the same probiotic not getting those results anymore what's that about well there's a lot of stuff going on the biodiversity of the human gut is almost mind-boggling In terms of how many different species are down there. How many genes we're talking about that can be expressed from these species. What these species each do that we know of. And then the unknown of what the ones do that we don't even know about yet. But a good, healthy, strong, diverse digestive tract is going to have at least a thousand good bacteria. And remember I talked about the amoxicillin knocking out. You know, taking two years to grow back. Well, it's interesting because they also determined that a seven-day run of amoxicillin can wipe out half the diversity, take you from a thousand to five hundred different species in the gut. That's huge when you consider that we don't even know what all those things do. We just have to assume that they're all good. They're there for a reason, and then we wipe out half of them. Uh oh. You know what's going to happen? And then I said that you can grow them all back in two years, like the, the count can come back. The the diversity very rarely does. In fact, uh, my understanding is that it really never does unless you do something about it to actually get it there. And so let's see, you're taking a 20-strain probiotic and you've got a thousand strains down there. You can also get what's called a monoculture where you're growing a whole bunch of certain strains And that can actually create another imbalance. And I believe that's part of the reason why sometimes people be on a probiotic for six months and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore because they've actually created a biodiversity issue where you have too much of some and not enough of others and none of that works. And so we've had issues there. But what about just survivability too? Interestingly enough, probiotics can provide benefit all the way down the line, the intestinal tract. But where they colonize... And where they actually grow and really create true benefit long term is in the colon. And that's a long road. I mean, literally a long road. And it's a challenging road because the first thing that they, have, that they encounter is what's called the gastric barrier. And what's the gastric barrier? Well, it's actually the stomach We have this acid, it should be around 1.3, 1.4, up to about three pH. Optimally it's down in that one to two range. And that acid is awesome because it wipes out a lot of stuff that could otherwise get in the intestinal tract and cause a lot of problems for us, but it could also wipe out the good bacteria that's supposed to get in. And that stinks when you're taking a probiotic capsule. So they did a study of the most common 34 bacteria found in probiotic capsules in America. And this is a meta-analysis of a bunch of different studies that was done. And at a pH of 1, which is very acidic stomach, more what younger people have, teenagers and things like that, all 34 were gone, dead, before they got out of the stomach. At a pH of 3, 18 of 34 survived, so over half. That's pretty good, except that means that the average probiotic out there, about half of those guys still aren't going to get through the stomach at all. But the 18 that did come through were diminished substantially. A high percentage were wiped out, but there were still survivors. And then when they put them through colonic conditions, meaning you know getting them all the way from the, the stomach to the intestinal tract and all the way down to the colon, only 4 of 34 survived. And at very diminished quantities. And then you can enteric coat a probiotic, which is to put a capsule or put a coating on the capsule and help prevent it breaking down in the high acid environment. And that's fine, kinda, because then it depends on what kind of shape your intestinal tract is in and whether or not it can break down the pill. So there's a lot of things going on that are pretty preventative. If you've never heard of a fecal transplant, you ought to look that one up. Don't look for pictures, it's probably gross. But if you want to look at a fecal transplant, and what that does, what they're doing is they're taking, you know, basically feces from a healthy human and putting it into an unhealthy human, and it can save your life if you're really, really sick with something like C. diff or SIBO or something like that. Because what you're instantly doing is you're bypassing all that and going straight into the colon, and boom, all of a sudden you've got all that good bacteria in there. But There's an easier way to do it, a less costly way, and uh, I'm going to talk about that as well. So what they've determined in the research and what I discovered about eight years ago that blew my mind was a probiotic type called a bacillus endospore. Now, bacillus endospores are not native to the human digestive system, but most of us at any given time have them in there because we breathe them in, We eat them in. We get them uh, from all kinds of different things because they're all over the place. They're in rocks and dirt and all that kind of stuff. And and they, you know, they get on our food and they get in our mouths and they get in the air and they get in our mouths and our noses and we get them in. And and then what's amazing about them is they can survive just about anything. They found one in in salt, in a salt mine in California. It's estimated as 250 million years old. And uh, they activated it. Still worked. Isn't that crazy? They can survive 400 degree temperatures, so shelf stability is not an issue. And being on the back of a UPS truck in July, no big deal. Being left out in your car in the summer, no big deal. They're incredibly, incredibly strong. And uh, there are four that uh, I'm aware of that I've had excellent success with. And they're all found in a product called Just Thrive that is my favorite of all probiotic products. Bacillus coagulans, Bacillus indicus, Bacillus subtilis, and Bacillus clausii. Don't try to spell those. They're very difficult. But this is what they do once they get inside the system. First thing they do is something called quorum sensing. They read the environment and they find the pathogenic stuff. And then they release up to 25 different antibiotics that can kill only bad bacteria. So they actually get in there. They look at the environment. And they say, okay, there's some bad guys over here. Let's wipe those guys out first. That's amazing. And what's awesome about this is that when they wipe out those bad guys, they are only wiping out bad guys because at the same time they're producing metabolites that help to grow all the good guys in the gut, the acidophilus, the uh, bifidus, and so on. And that's a big deal because now we're not talking about uh, monoculture. We're talking true biodiversity. We're building all the good guys up and because Bacillus strains have total survivability all the way to the colon. It's happening where it really matters, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. So they're growing all the good guys. They're surviving all the way to get down there and they're wiping out the bad guys and that's cool. They're very, very smart, these bacteria. And even though they don't even hang out for more than like 30 to 45 days, while they're there, they do amazing things. They upregulate what's called the Treg system. This acts as an immune system modulator. It's called immune tutoring. Uh, Autoimmune disease, where the immune system's kind of stuck on, it's attacking all the time. This probiotic, with these four strains, can actually help to upregulate the Treg system, which calms all that down and slows that down. and helps to balance that immune response. That's awesome. They produce something called butyrate and they increase it by about 50% and that's the short chain, short chain fat that rebuilds the lining of the gut. So if you've heard of leaky gut, they're amazing for that. Endotoxin analysis. Now this is crazy. A study that was done On 100 college kids, measured for endotoxins, endotoxins specific to the gut that should never be in the blood unless the gut is leaking into the blood. They fed these kids, they did an analysis and they they looked at what was in their blood and then they fed them a McDonald's breakfast, believe it or not, McDonald's uh, hash browns, orange juice and an egg McMuffin and it increased the endotoxin load in the blood by 600% because of the inflammation that was caused in the gut. Isn't that crazy? One happy meal breakfast or whatever you want to call it. Not happy. Value meal breakfast. Anyway, crazy stuff. But they increase that. They bo- they boost that up. And then they sent them all home with Just Thrive probiotic for 30 days. And they did the same test when they came back 30 days later and they found zero endo- endotoxins in the blood. It's the first time in human clinical trials that a probiotic has actually been shown to seal up leaky gut in 30 days. That is powerful, incredibly powerful. So if you've heard of leaky gut and you know what it is, I've done shows on it in the past, but if you know what it is, it just thrives amazing. So why is it so important? Well, 80% of your immune system is in the gut. Bacillus coagulans uh, can increase the TNF alpha cells to fight things like influenza A by 17 times in just 30 days. That is huge and beats the heck out of what we know about the actual flu shot. The gut-brain connection is real. The human brain weighs about two and a half pounds, and so does the bacteria in a healthy gut. Might be coincidence. Often, the gut is now referred to as the second brain, but perhaps it should be referred to as the other brain because they're actually somewhat equal, not just in weight, but in function, because that vagus nerve that ties the two together carries more traffic than any other Uh, part of the nervous system in the body. Things like anxiety, depression, autism, bipolar, OCD, ADD, ADHD, and so on and so forth have great potential to improve if gut health is repaired and fully functioning. 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut, just to give you an idea of how critical the gut health is to all these different things. So if you have depression, you have anxiety, you have bipolar, you have OCD, you come into me and you say, what can I do for this? I'm not gonna tell you that Just Thrive's gonna fix any of those things, but what I am going to tell you is you better start in your gut because if you hope to fix any of those things, if you hope to find balance and really restore your system, That's where you have to start, and Just Thrive is where I start, people, and I see awesome results. Skin health. My very first line of defense against eczema, acne, and quite literally just about any other skin condition, but especially acne, and especially I love it with teenage acne, is Just Thrive, along with something called EstroSense, which can actually block the uh, excess of estrogen that screws up the endocrine system signaling. And wow, if I had excellent results with skin health, especially acne. Obviously, any kind of gut issues, we're recommending digestive enzymes like we talked about a little while back. Back on Tract is my favorite. That's the one I take every day uh, along with Just Thrive. And then if you have an autoimmune thing, the leaky gut thing, you absolutely owe it to yourself. And I don't care what autoimmune ailment you're dealing with, but if you can solve that leaky gut problem that the majority of autoimmune people are dealing with, you can improve your immune response. Remember what I said about upregulating the TREG system? It's powerful. It really is powerful. And what I love about it is it only takes a couple of weeks for most people to start noticing a difference, sometimes sooner. Within 30 days, you're noticing a significant difference. And usually within 90 days, it's like, wow, big, big changes at one capsule a day. How awesome is that? So cool. Food cravings, huge, 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 huge in terms of how ghrelin works uh, in the system that creates those cravings. They found that on 2,000 calorie diets ghrelin was unsuppressed that's not good or people eating 2,000 calories are still hungry even though they're full physically their body is still sending signals saying I need need to eat you get the gut right you get the leaky gut issues corrected your ghrelin levels go down you don't crave as much especially sugars with things like uh, candida and things like that And then a reduction or elimination of chronic infections, people that deal with chronic urinary tract infections, chronic yeast infections, sinus infections, things like that. If you get that immune system upregulated, you get everything, all the good guys fighting all the way around the body, we get healthier and we get healthier really quite quickly. That's the beauty of probiotics. And I just want to tell you that I am... More convinced of this than anything else that I've ever been when it comes to probiotics, that these spore-forming probiotics, these bacillus strains, are critical. They're the most important strains that we can put in our body. I've seen it time and time and time again. They're the kind I use. They're the only kind I use. And it's what I recommend to all of my clients, with just about anything, anybody that needs help when it comes to good bacteria. So if you're looking to do the Vital 5, Just Thrive is the way to do it. This has been episode four of the Vital 5, and I've run out of time. We're going to do episode five next week. That's going to be omega-3s. I'm going to talk about the wins, what's, whys, and hows of omega-3s. And... Thank you again for listening to me. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. You've been listening to Jared St. Clair on Vitality Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source.